Good morning, everyone. My name is Kylan Crawford. I'm excited to, uh, to share with you a few minutes. I appreciate our pastors here for giving me the opportunity to share with you. My name is Kylan Crawford, and listen, I became postured when I realized that I am the creator of my world. Come on. See, you don't understand this, but I'm, I'm trying to... I really want you to lean into this because what you don't really understand is that the God inside of you is the God that created the world. And the God that created the world puts you in place and authority on this earth to rule and dominate. But you can only rule and dominate once you realize you're a creator and you begin to create your world with a few things. See, I'm a, I really understand what it's like to be when you're a young man and you're trying to figure out who you are and you're trying to figure out how do I make things work and you feel inadequate. You feel like things don't work out well for you. You feel like your life is not going the way it's supposed to be. You know, you might even feel like, you know, uh, uh, like the, the, the world is against you. You know, I, I understand what it's like as growing up as a single uh, young man living in a home with a mother who doesn't have two nickels to rub together. I know what it's like to sit in the parking lot of the 7-Eleven and you're scraping together change trying to find 50 cents to get a set of nachos out of the 7-Eleven because that's all you got to eat for dinner tonight. I'm trying to tell you, I understand what it's like when you go to school, you got holes in your jeans. People looking at you funny, they're making fun of you because your mama cut your hair and you, gotta look like, you look like you got a little uh, smiley face in the back of your head. I'm trying to paint a picture for you because as a young man, I understand what it's... Hey, this is too important. Yes, sir. Oh, 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 okay. I understand what it's like to live in those situations where you're impoverished, where the system is telling you what you can have, when the system is telling you what you can live at. The system tells you what house you can live in, what car you can drive, what family you can have. When the system tells you by the age of 25, you're going to either be in three places, jail, three miles from the place you live where rats are running around your house. Or doing the same thing that happened to you before, living in a household, single with kids, and you ain't married to her. I'm sorry if that bothers you, but that's, that's just where I'm at. I'm sorry. Okay, let me get back to it. I'm sorry. So I began to do a few things in my life. I realized I was creator. And because I realized that, I said, I have to change what I'm speaking. I have to change what I'm saying. I have to change what's coming in my body. So I began to mind my mind. I began to mind my mind. I realized that like miners do when they're looking for diamonds, when they're looking for pearls, when they're looking for precious things, I began to say, that's not precious. I got to get that out the way. That's not a diamond. That's not what God said. I got to get it out the way. That's not a ruby. I got to get that out the way. So I would sift through the mess. The things that I was predispositioned for, the things that life gave me, I sifted through it. I sifted through it. And I said, oh, there's a diamond. That's what God says I am. He says I'm a king. He says, I'm a priest. He says that I am, I'm ahead and not, and not behind. I'm, I'm, I'm above and not beneath. I'm a God on earth, just like him. See, some of us have regulated our authority to what people say about us, to what the system says you can have. See, but I decided, no, I'm a creator, so I'm going to create my world. I'm going to remind my mind. Like it says in Romans 12, 1 through 2, don't conform to this world, but be transformed by the what? The renewing of your mind. I'm telling you right now, the renewing of your mind. It's important as you're going through your life, you begin to get the garbage out. Stop letting Vogue magazine tell your daughter what she should look like. Stop looking at Snapchat. Up here looking at that guy in the gray box and shorts. Like that really matters. What really matters is what God has called you to do. And that's to mind your mind. It's to create your world. Your world is created first by what is inside of you. And what is inside of you eventually comes out, I'm telling you. So you got to begin to put the word of God in you. 
put the word, shove it down, listen to it on a CD, play it in the morning, write affirmations on your mirror, begin to talk to yourself so you remember that you are God on earth. And when you have realized that you are minding your mind, there's something else you begin to do. You begin to talk differently. You begin to talk a little different because you realize I'm not impoverished. <laughs> My king owns a, a cat on a thousand hills. I have more than enough. I, 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 it may not look like it. See, some of y'all get quiet because you're like, well, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I'm going to tell you in a minute why you got to keep doing it. You got to start talking to the situation. You got, it's scientifically proven through statistics and through psychology. You have to talk what it is you want to see in earth. You hear Steve Harvey and all these other people talking about it. It's called the law of attraction. They're just using the Bible for what it really is. They just don't understand that it's scripture. So you have to begin to speak the world that you want to have. Declare with your own mouth what it is you want to see. See, it says in Matthew, I think it's 18, 18. He says, listen, if you, let me pull it up because I don't want to misquote it. I don't want to misquote it. May pull it up. I'm sorry. I'm all, I'm like, oh. He said, <laughs> he says, he says in the word, he says, listen, there are some things you forbid. If you forbid it on earth, it'll be forbidden in heaven. If you permit it on earth, it'll be permitted in heaven. See, your problem is you got to begin to forbid some things in your life. You got to begin to tell, not the devil, but your life what to do. I'm telling you what I know because I know where I came from. I'm telling you, I'm, I am telling you the truth. When you realize the power, the authority that's been delegated to you by our King Jesus, when he died upon the cross and rose up from the dead, you realize that, wait a minute. The same, listen, we say it sometimes in, in worship. God, there's nobody like you. God told me, say, wait, 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 wait. There is somebody like you. You're like me. Genesis 1:26. He created us in his image and in his likeness. So no different than God, that's you on earth. Create your world, y'all. Create your world. Say, create your world. Create your world. All right, so now, so now, now we mind in our mind, and we, and we begin to speak differently. This is how I created my, this is what I did. I began to walk in faith. Some of y'all are like, oh, well, that, everybody says that. No, it literally means walk in faith. When you speak something, you ought to be looking for it. You ought to be out there looking like, where is it at? Where, where is it at? I, that's not what I proclaimed over my son. Why isn't he here? That's not what I said to my finances. Why is it here? It's, it's, it, listen, Jesus says to the, to the disciples, I think it's uh, Matthew uh, uh, four, uh, 11, 24, I believe it is. Don't forget, he says the list. He says, he says you, you want to stone me. You want to blast, tell me I'm blaspheming because I say I'm equal with God. When it says in your own scriptures that you are God, you are sons of the most high. It's, it's who you really are. And when you realize who you are, you begin to walk differently. You begin to talk differently. And you begin to live your life differently. So you mind your mind. And you talk differently. You begin to declare the words of the God that is inside of you into the earth till they come to pass. And then you start looking for it. And when you look for it, expect it to happen. My name is Yahida Stewart, and I became postured when I identified fear and allowed my heart to heal. 
When you attach things to your being and to your inside that is not the original creation of what God has created you to be, you create this, this counterfeit life. You create and you attract things to you that are not God's original creation to you. It's kind of like a Louis Vuitton purse. There's one, there may be one little thing in it that may cause it to be counterfeit. So there may be a, a little fear that may rise up in you. Uh, let's say when you're younger, I can tell my story. When I was younger, I had fears of different things like the police officer because I was raised in an environment where every time we encountered a police officer, it was always negative. It was never good. And so because of that, I had this little inkling of fear that was just in there. I didn't even know it was there. And so different things started to happen in my life, and that fear started to come alive. That seed started to become planted. It started to begin getting watered. And, and before you know it, I was so fearful that I was afraid of what God was telling me, who I was. I began to accept what everybody else said I was because I was too afraid of what God said. I knew what God told me I was. I knew that I was more than a conqueror. I knew that I was precious. I knew that I was wonderfully and fearfully made. But because of that fear and that seed that was planted on the inside, I took the easy way out. And I said, okay, they said I can sing on the praise team. So that's not too big. I'll do that. Um, okay, they said I can just be a mother and just be mediocre. Oh, I can do that. That's not too big. So I settled for what God did not even give me in my life because of fear, because I was afraid to step out and say, no, this is who God created me to be. I am bold. I am beautiful. I am confident. I can't walk in the authority that he's given me. So I declare today, if you are dealing with fear, I demand you and I declare that you get rid of it because it's a little seed and you may not even see it and it will affect everything in your life. It will make you be a counterfeit. You will walk around not knowing who you are. You will be confused. You will get in the wrong relationships. You will have the wrong jobs. You will have the wrong partners because you don't know who you are. That fear can take you places you don't even want to go. Fear can have you afraid to look at your own self in a mirror, low self-esteem, walking around with your head held down. When God says you are more than a conqueror, you are my child, you are a king. Like Kylie said, you are a God on this earth and you can have what you say. You can have what you say. But if you allow fear to come in, you will begin to walk and tiptoe and be like man I can't do it I can't have it so there was a point in my life where I started dealing with some marital issues in my relationship and I had just a whole lot of spiral and winds of things happening in my life I began to not care about how I felt so there was no self-worth I got myself involved in things I should have never been in that's too ashamed to even talk about because I was in fear and because I took on this persona that was not who I was authentically created to be by God and I began to walk in that. And I became, I came to a place at the pit where I was just like, where am I at? I was so lost. I was in myself. I didn't even know how to get out. So I began to search on the inside. I began to dig up all of that stuff and like, God, where is this coming from? Why don't I care about myself? Why am I involved in this stuff? That's not me. And God said, the root of it is fear because the scripture says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Torment, which means physically and mentally sick, means you can't think straight. You're, up, you're sick. You're just not thinking right. And that's what fear brings in your life. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And another thing I realized is I never accepted God's perfect love. Because if I would have accepted his love, I would have known that he loved me for who I was. That I was who he said I was. I wouldn't have been afraid. I wouldn't have been afraid to be myself. Because even if nobody else likes it, God 
likes it. And that's all that matters. And when I begin to walk in that, I begin to walk in that and realize that this is who I am. I was free. I was happy. And I didn't care what nobody thought about me. Because as long as God knows and God said it, that's who I am. Hallelujah. So if there's three things I can have you walk away with today, the first one is that fear is a deceiver. Fear is a deceiver. If you're dealing with things, I dare you to just dig deep and find out where that root is and get rid of that fear and be who you are authentically. Number two, exchange your fear for God's love. If you get fear and love can't be in the same vessel. So if you begin to overwhelm yourself and receive God's love and receive it, that fear is going to run. That fear is going to leave. Hallelujah. And the third thing, third thing is accept God's love. If you can just accept God's love, it's simple. It's not hard work at all. Just accept God's love today. Hallelujah. Thank you. Glory to God. My name is Nancy Dodsey. First, I want to thank my pastors. Pastors Martin and Linnell and Pastor Josh for allowing me to be here. 13, 14, I couldn't remember exactly when. Years ago, I went to the very first Dream Keepers conference where it was about desire. I walked into Ambassadors Worship Center with all these labels. Now, if I could have figured out a way to put these in neon, I would have. I knew Jesus. I accepted Jesus as my Savior. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I had seen dead people get up. I had seen arms being extended and legs being extended in my life. Yet I had all of these labels. Some of them were very much self-induced. But some of them people spoke into my life. And instead of me rejecting them, I accepted them. I didn't know who I was because as I looked in the mirror, this is all I saw. This is all you're seeing. Labels. But once I learned, I don't have to let labels attach to me. I want us to turn to Genesis 1:26, but in the Message Bible. And I want you and I to read this. It says, God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature. Does this look like God's nature? So they can be responsible, hold on here, for the fish, the sea, the birds in the air, and the cattle. And yes, the earth itself. Side note, don't litter. Recycle. We have to take care of this earth. And every animal that moves on the face of earth. Take care of the earth. It's ours. God gave it for us to take dominion. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. Is this God's nature? I don't think so. He created male and female. God sees you as precious. And I'll tell you the time pastor spoke, because I never understood it about Ezekiel 37, when God told Ezekiel, Tell those dry bones to get up. For years, I prayed, God, help me. 
God, get me out of this. God, I've made so such a mess of my life. I'm a failure. I'm a was a pastor's wife. I am was a missionary. I am was this. I was wanted to be this. I could have been that. I should have been this. But until I learned that I have God in me and he has given me the authority and given you the authority to say, I am God. I don't have to take this. I don't have to be this. This weighs you down. This confines you. That I'm fat. I can't do that. Well, I'm too short. I'm too tall. Well, I don't talk the language very well. Oh, I can't. I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. Now, you see, I know what that's like. Because when I was raised in Texas, I was on the wrong side of the tracks. Because the majority was Hispanics. Whites were the minority. I was the only white girl in my class in high school. So I know what that's like. Never in the extreme of what my poor brothers and sisters have gone through in history. Never. But I know what it's like. And if I would have said, well, I can't do that. I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. Well, I can't do that. I'm an orphan. But when I realized I am godlike, I put that junk down and I am free. God told Ezekiel, speak to those bones. Ezekiel spoke. Nancy spoke to these labels. Get out. God's not going to do it for you. The God in you will do it for you. You don't need to say, oh, God, help me get out of this. No, you get out of it. You put yourself in it. You get out of it. Now that you know who you are in God, now that you know God is in you, now that you know you can walk with authority, now you can say, I am more, more than able because I have God inside of me. I can say to the dead, rise up. I can say to the dead Nancy, rise up. I can say to my fears, go away. I can say to my doubts, that failure that was hanging. You know like Charlie Brown, that character had the cloud of dust on his head? You know, yeah, pig pen. Blow that dust away with the blow of the Holy Ghost. You don't need it. You have God inside of you. I became postured when I knew I had the power and the dominion to get rid of the labels that I attached to me and people spoke to me. I encourage you today to see yourself as God sees you. He loves you. He created you. He formed you. He know what makes you tick. He knows what triggers you. He knows what sets you off. But if you'll cry out to God, he is a man of his word. What he says he's going to do, he'll do it. Take him at it. Even in the ties, he said, try me. Try me. I'm telling you, try him with the labels because he's a God of power. And he's a man of his word. And he will free you now. As we sing, I'm living in the life now. I am free. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. And I have people here today that have seen me back 15, 20 years ago. They know I'm not the same person. Because I subjected my life to abuse because I didn't know who I was. My name is Nancy, and I love y'all. Walk free of labor. Good morning, ABWC. My name is Brother John, and I'm going to first give honor to my pastors, Pastor Josh, Dr. Martin, and Pastor Linnell. And I also want to give honor to my wife, whose birthday is today, Yvonne Smith. Happy birthday, baby. <laughs> I, became, I became postured when I realized everything would work together for my good. And I'm talking about when you go through a process. I'm going based on Romans uh, 8, 28 through 31, which says we all, all things work together. We know all things work together for good for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Next verse. Moreover, whom he predestined, that means you're already predestined before you were born. Those who else he called, everybody's called. Whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. So he already got you set before you even begin. And my story starts like this. I graduated in 1982. And it, coincidentally, with this 5882, that's 40 years that I've been in this process. And at the time, I didn't know God. My father was an evangelist. He was a pastor, so I was a preacher's kid. But I didn't know God. I wasn't saved, but he called me anyway. He used my father one day to come and get me after I graduated from high school and go on the road with him so I can see what he did for a living as an evangelist. And I still didn't know God. I was fascinated about the stories I heard, but I was not saved. And it took and we end up in Michigan, and that's where I, my life started when I knew he called me because I was chosen by him because it was a purpose that he had for me, and I didn't understand at that time. But I ended up in Michigan, and my story is similar to Moses. I was in a strange land. When Moses ran away after he murdered someone, he ran to a land he didn't know. It was the same for me. I'm from here from Omaha. I am not from Michigan. My wife's from Michigan, but I'm not. And I, I was in a land I didn't know nobody. He sent me to a city where I didn't have no relatives, but it was all part of his process. And I didn't know it was his doing at that time. All I knew was I was going on the road with my dad to see what he was doing and actually get ready for school. But God had other plans. Two years into Michigan, I got saved. That's when I started learning about God. I learned my calling. I learned what he wanted from me. He said I was up there to learn. I met my wife, got married up there, and then after that, I asked God when I got to really know who he was, he said, you're up here just to learn. That's all you're up here to do. You're here to learn. You're going to see some stuff, but you're here to learn. So I learned what I needed to learn. Lived there 15 years. He sent us, it was time to come back. He sent me back to Omaha. 
to see some things that I did, wouldn't have seen if I had stayed here all my life and not left. So it was a process. And it wasn't easy, because I know what it is when it goes through a process. I've been here at AWC since 90, 1997, and I've seen a whole lot of changes. So I've been here a long time, and I have not left. So I understand, you're gonna go through things, I'm telling you now, you're gonna go through things you don't understand, you're not gonna always get it, you're wondering if you're hearing from God. 40, 40 years is a long time. And with the coincidence of how, when we were going through this with this consecration, I told my wife, man, that's 40 years. So when you did Pastor Dr. Martin did the math, I was like, yep, 2022 is 40 years. When he said add 5782, that's 22, that's still 40 years. So I'm similar to Moses. Forty years, Moses went by before God finally got his calling. He called him with the burning bush. And at the time I was here, it just felt where I was here these, since 97 that I couldn't get nothing established because no matter what I did, it just seemed like I said, you sure, God? Because I can't get nothing established. I couldn't get no foundation. Though I was getting everything, it was like it wasn't my time yet to rise out of the cave yet of what he had me to do. But I stayed because I knew I was called here. I knew I didn't have nowhere else to go. I was like, where else am I going to go? I was like the disciples. So I wasn't confused about where I was at. That's why I'm still here. So I didn't have running feet. I'm not from Michigan, so where else am I going to run? <laughs> I'm here. So I stayed, and I said, okay, I know this all got to work together for good because God wouldn't have me come here for nothing. I don't play church. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. So after that, my first point is, could you put it up, please? You are called. Everybody's called. You are called. Everybody's going to be one way or another. God's going to grab you some kind of way. You don't, even if you ain't saved, God's going to still grab you. So everybody's called one way or another. It don't make no difference who you are, what you're in. Some people are having fun in their sin. He's going to pull you out. <laughs> he's going he to come and get you. Ask, ask Paul, who, who's named, who was Saul, who was named Paul. He's on his way to Dominicus to get a decree. God grabbed him on his way, and he wasn't looking for Jesus. <laughs> he, was looking to kill, he was looking to kill Christians, but God still grabbed him. So you, everybody's called. Number two, you're going to go through a process. No one's escaped God's testing. you all going to go through something. There ain't no such thing as oh, I'm going to skip over. No, God's going to take you to something. He took the children through the wilderness just to test them. But he showed them first that he was God. Three, you will fulfill your purpose, whatever it is. God's going to fulfill it. And my biggest point and most important of all is you will not know your purpose if you don't know who you are. You will not know your purpose if you don't know who you are. God bless you. Come on, AWC. Wasn't that amazing? Listen, y'all are a tough act to go after. Can we really quick just give God a shout of praise for all of them? For Mr. Kylan Crawford, Ms. Jahida Stewart, Mr. John Smith, and Ms. Nancy Datsy. Come on, AWC. All of you guys online as well. Yeah. So, um, really quick. 
So by, by a sign of a, oh yes, how much fun was that? Okay. One of the coolest things about our organization and our church is that the fact that the gift that you see up here that you think some people got, everybody's got it. Everybody's using their gift and they're serving at a certain way. So really quick, I have to do this. I thank each and every one of you for praying for your supplication in Christ to be able to share the word at this level, especially for some of them, the first time speaking as we break our fast. One more time. Can we show them honor for the time, blood, sweat, and tears that they put in? We say thank you. Absolutely awesome. They're a really hard uh, act to, uh, to, to follow, so I need to compose myself really quick. Watch this so you know what's happening next sermon series, and then we're going to get into the word. In 1922, a groundbreaking invention hit the cinema world and took everything by storm, and it was called the 3D movie. It had the concept of taking three different videos, mashing them together, syncing them to bring life to movies in a way that we have never seen before. The movies literally came alive. Ever since the beginning of time, God's intention would be that the church would be the focal point of relationships, marriage, dating, courting, even singleness. But ever since that time, the filter that all of us use looking at relationship has become ungodly. Join us this February as we explore what God's original intent was for marriage, romance, the courting and dating relationships. Let's use his filter to navigate the world of romance correctly. This relationship series, we're looking at relationships the right way in 3D. All right, so really, really quick, a couple of different things. Uh, we start our uh, relationship series in February. We talk, we've been talking about this for the last two weeks, but this year, look at your neighbor say it's going to be different. So bring your boyfriend, bring your ex, bring your baby mama, your baby mama drama, bring it all to the church. Look at your neighbor say, bring it all to the church. Because this year, we're looking at our relationships in the three different dimensions, and this is what it is. There are only three dimensions in relationship. I want you to put your fingers up. There's the man, there's the woman, and then there's God. That's what we're going to talk about, the three different dimensions. Now, if you're ready for the word, clap once. You're ready for the word, clap two times. Here we go. We're going to be ending our sermon series today called Postured. Is anybody excited today? Has anybody been walking with us for the past 21 days in this time of consecration, fasting, and prayer? Well, I'm praying that through the word today that the Holy Spirit will be able to edify you so that, as Pastor said, we can live a consecrated and a fasted life. Amen. First, I say good morning to my wife. Secondly, to our friends that have traveled all the way in. It's good to see you. Can't wait to hug your neck when we get out of here. So let's go to the Word. Somebody say, yeah. yeah. Numbers 20 and 9 through 11. We're going we're gonna to go to the New Living Translation. I'm going to give you this. Let's read it together. Then I'll give you my title, okay? Here it goes. It says, so Moses did as he was told. Read it with me. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. I want everybody to read this part with me very, very strong. Listen, you rebels. Wait a minute. Moses is telling the people that he's been given authority to lead. He's calling them rebels. Have you ever been in a place in your life where the people that you were supposed to lead are the hardest people to lead? God, I want to leave them. You can't. They're yours. So we see Moses, somebody scream. He's frustrated. That's where we are. How many of you guys haven't eaten since Sunday? That's frustrating. Let's go back to the word. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Read this with me. Must we bring you water from the rock? I want you to underline this in your Bible. Then Moses did what? Raised his hand and struck the rock. How many times? Twice with the staff. And what happened? Water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. Today, I'd like to talk to you on this, uh, this point called stay postured. So this is not just a word for the year. We're believing that this is the word that God is attaching to the word that he gave you. 
right? So if he told you, me and my family will be healed, stay postured in that. If he told you that, you know what, this is the year that I actually really try to be abstinent from all types of things, cool, stay postured in that. If you're the type of person that gets hot-headed and you can tell anybody off, up, down, left, right, Spanish, and in Latin, which is a dead language, which you're really good at doing it, if this is the year that you're supposed to hold your tongue, cool, but you need to stay postured in it. The subtitle of this sermon, uh, of the, of the sermon series, Postured, is I'll Stay Right Here. It's almost like it's a declaration that we're giving to God that where you've placed me is absolutely perfect. And because it's perfect, I'm not going to move. Somebody say, I'll stay right here. Because the problem is, is that when you move, God removes. When you think about it, Pharaoh refused freedom to God's people. So what did God do? God removed the life from his son. Uh, 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 Lot's wife turns away from what God said and turns behind. Remember what he said? Run and don't look back. She gets frustrated and looks back at it like my uh, apostle Pitbull used to say, don't worry about it, it's top 30 music, don't worry about it. She looks back and what happens? She turns into salt. Adam and Eve leave the perfect righteousness in the face of knowledge. And what does God take away from them? He removes them from his presence. Samson moves in his faith and he doesn't believe that the strength that God gave him is enough. So what does God do? He removes his strength. David becomes proud. And what does God do? God removes his grace from David and everything in his house literally implodes. So my question to you this morning is what happens when you move from the place God has perfectly placed you? It's awesome. We're going to break fast today. Some people, as Pastor Martin said, you're going to go right back down the, 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 the train of, of cheese stuff nachos. Cool. It's okay. It's all right. But for some of you, I believe that you're looking to live the rest of your life the way that you lived the next the last 21 days. I'm not saying that you're not going to keep yourself from eating certain things or you're not going to keep yourself from drinking other things. But in these last 21 days, in every single one of us, including those of you online that are watching here, good morning to you. In the last 21 days, you have literally postured yourself to hear from God for the rest of your life. The only question that we have for you now is what is going to push you and move you from that place? Think about how ridiculous it would be that a cheese-stuffed pizza would move me away from hearing from God. My favorite drink, well, you know, the word says not to be drunk. That's cool. But is it worth actually hearing from God? I believe that this is the year that we become actually mature Christians and we don't allow things that we could do keep us, keep us from things that we're supposed to do. Can somebody say amen? So here's my first point. What you've left behind will fight for your attention. When we read this word... Moses has walked through his life in a million different ways. He's killed a man. He's went to trial for it. He ran to the desert. He took care of some sheep there. He runs back. He takes care of God's people. There's the, the, the pestilence, and, and God brings all of the different um, famine and locusts, and he kills the firstborn unless you put blood on your, on your doorstep. And then what's he, what does he do? He takes the children of Israel into the desert. So when we look at this story, Moses is extremely frustrated because he doesn't understand the power of where God has placed him. I know you're frustrated. I know that, that, that some of you are like, man, I'm hungry. But I think God really wants to know, do you love me more than you're hungry? Do, do you trust me more than how full this food can make you feel? So we sing songs, and I agree with, 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 uh, with Kylan from earlier, that we sing songs that I'm not really sure that we actually know what we're saying. More than the next heartbeat, are you sure? So if God said, hey, what? 
you said I can have your next heartbeat? Let's go to heaven right now. An old, uh, an old teacher, his, um, an older teacher, his name is Bishop Strong right now in St. Louis. He told my daddy this. I was in the room when I was 12 years old. He said, Martin, everybody want to go to heaven, just not today. So if your answer isn't that you want to go to heaven today, that means that there's some stuff here on earth that you need to take dominion over. And you've just walked through 21 days, and now you're in the perfect position to actually make what you want in your life actually happen. Somebody say actually happen. Let's go to Exodus 17.1. It says, at the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim, but there was somebody say no water there for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you doing what? Testing the Lord. But tormented by thirst, right, Yehida? Tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us? Our children and our livestock with, with, with I'm sorry, with thirst. Then Moses cried out to the Lord. And he said, what should I do with these people? They are ready to do what? Stone me. What you've left behind will fight for your attention. The word of God says that the people have moved from, somebody say, a place of sin. But once you leave the place of sin, just know that sin will try to get you back to that place. Like, I really want to make sure that we understand. Freedom from sin does not mean freedom from temptation. Like, I want to make sure that we are mature in this place. Because some people will say, you know what, God freed me from marijuana, and then think that they have to be in the room when everybody's lighting up and resist it and go home not smoking and be like, I'm the champion. No, no, no. The word of God says flee from temptation. So in this year, it might be more important for all of us just to run away from the things the minute that we see it. For some of us, it's carbs. Oh, y'all don't want to talk. You know you pass by Krispy Kreme every day. And every day, the hot now sign was on. And you're like, that's not even grammatically correct. They only do hot now on Tuesdays before 5 and 7 and Thursdays between 7 and 8. I know this because I take a little man man to school. Why do they have the hot now sign on? It's a temptation. The minute you get postured, the minute you tell God, I'm not going to move, millions of things are going to be around you that are going to want you to move. The question is, will you say? Look at your neighbor and say, it's coming for me. So fight the urge to pick up what you put down. Everybody doesn't have the grace to just knock it and be like, you know what, I'm done with this. I will not have it anymore this further. <laughs> Some of us do what other people call, it's called jonesing. I was off of Instagram for a week. And once Saturday came at midnight, I was like, yeah, so if I turn it on right now, I'm going to get all my notifications by 11 a.m. So that technically that's not cheating. It's also sin when you justify the reason yeah so this year somebody say this year i'm postured what happens to the christian when we allow what we should remove move us you've got to become stronger than what you've moved and let me tell you you've already got 21 days of removing it so don't ruin the streak amen next let's go to uh, uh to, to uh verse number five the Lord said to Moses, after he's like, these people are rebels, I'm done with them. If you kill them, it will relieve me. All the parents in the room said yes, because I've heard you say it before. We could kill you and make another one just like you and just trade the social security and bank yours. You know what I'm like? Y'all different. The Lord said to Moses, somebody say, walk out. Where? In front, not beside. 
not amongst, not behind. Somebody say in front. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock of Mount Sinai. Strike the Reich, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. Let's jump to verse 7. It says, Moses named the place Massah, which means to test, and Mirabah, which means arguing. I want you to make sure you underline this. Because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord. Some of the things that you say with your mouth are arguing with God, and then you test him. The word of God is very, very specific. We can test God to be good, but you never want to test God. I'm going to wait for that one to simmer. Test God to be good. Who said that this mountain shall not be removed and cast into the sea? That's testing God of his might. Oh, that's awesome. But testing God is not doing what you promised you were going to do, and then just texting somebody else and flaking off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Attesting God is asking for the benefits of what you just proclaimed over your giving and not giving. Testing God is asking for the church to fill every single one of your needs, but you don't serve. Like, I just want to make sure you know about the culture that you're in here. We want to test God to be powerful and mighty, but you don't want to test God and his might. I'm really tired of us talking about like this pie in the sky Jesus and this pie in the sky God. Like, no, he is a deity and he is powerful all by himself. There is nothing that you could do, I could do to move God. So it stands to reason that when God tells you to finish your assignment, you're better off finishing it. Look at your neighbor, say finish it. Look at your other neighbor, say finish it. Tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord here with us or not? Mind you. That there is a mighty cloud above them that's a mile in all directions. And they're still questioning if God is with them. I think that we as mature Christians who get to the point when we see anything that goes right, we should just assume it's God. Why does God have to come in fire and rain? Why does God have to come in these amazing miracles? I honestly think that God is, is not necessarily tired of miracles. But any miracle that I see in my life, God already gave me the power to fix before. Wouldn't it be amazing if this was the year where miracles were our last resort and prayer was our first? Instead of, saying God, instead of saying, man, I need you to fix this issue, actually, God, you know what? The reason I have this issue in my life, if you are in me, like my sister, uh, uh, sister Nancy said, if you're in me and you're God and I'm just like you, you don't have to move the mountain. Give me the strength. Give me the power. Like, remove my pride so I can move the mountain. Somebody say yes. While the people of Israel were still in Rephidim, the warriors of, of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua. Choose some men to get out of the fight, to get out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, somebody say this with me. I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. Point number two is this. Once you get in front, stay in front. Once you've started to see the breaking of day and you got two or three days of sobriety, it's easier to stay in front than it is to fight through going backwards. Yeah, it's easier to maintain the weight that you're at right now after 21 days of restricting your diet than it is to do this 21 days without the spirit. I don't know about any of y'all, but fasting is almost impossible without prayer. I don't know. I don't know. I'll be looking forward to January because it reminds Joshua, man, you've been trying to do this since Christmas and it don't work. But as soon as you add some Holy Ghost oil on top of it, I don't need food. I don't need drink. 
I don't need anything because now I'm reliant on what God always wanted me to have as my foundation. All posturing yourself is, all of this time in 21 days isn't about God. Look, point at yourself. Say, it's about me. God calls you to fast for you to get closer to you. If God is on the inside of you, you don't have to run to God every time you need something. You can look inside of you. Hey, God, wait a minute. I'm bold. Like, and it should get to the point where the people of God are so mature, we're no longer embarrassed by actually praying in front of people and they actually hear it. In a business meeting, well, you know it's not protocol. I don't live from this earth. So before I sign this contract, I don't care if it's for a penny. I'm going to shake Because you don't know. When you give me this loan, this entire loan office is blessed. I, you need me. The reason why the high schools that your kids go to haven't been shot up isn't because there's a policeman outside. It's not because there's a policy and procedure for active shooter. It's because your kids are there. The reason why COVID hasn't taken out your family isn't because of a vaccine, which is necessary if you want to or if it's not, whatever. But it's because you have a God on the inside of you. Somebody say, my God will raise up a standard. Then act like it. Let's make this year the year that the people from AWC, because I'm we're not the pastors of any other church. We're the pastors of this church. This will be the year that AWC is bold in doing what it's supposed to do. No more apology for doing what God told you to do. If he told you to buy the house, buy seven. Because even if it embarrasses you to give, every single opportunity in your life points back to God. Every single opportunity. I feel what you felt, Kylan. I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. Now that you have come through 21 days of prayer and fasting, many of you are at the top and in the front of what wants to be in front of you. I want to help you understand. These last 21 days, if you have refused the drink, you've beaten it for 21 days. If you and your wife have decided not to argue because both of you guys are hot-headed and you've set up a system, hey, in these next 21 days, we're not going to argue, guess what? You just built the blueprint for an amazing marriage. If you got your children not to watch television Monday through Friday and they only play games during the weekend, guess what? You just created an amazing blueprint. I want to make sure that you understand this, that you will lose your posture if you don't take anything from what you did in the last 21 days. And if you feel this need to posture yourself, if you feel this need to fast and pray, when it's time to fast and pray, look at your neighbor and say, it's too late. The best thing about staying postured is that when the rocks come and when the, the rain comes, it doesn't matter because I never moved from where I was. Some of the storms, Miss Nancy, that we run into are actually because we left where God had the sunshine and the, and, and, and the shade. Look at your neighbor and say, stay right there. I'm flying. Let's go to it. Uh, uh, verse number 10. So Moses did what Moses had commanded. And he fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. And as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But, somebody say but. Come on, be a good Presbyterian church. Somebody say but. Uh, I don't know who that was, but I got a dollar for you if you can prove that you did that after service. Whenever he dropped his hands, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Pastor Martin was very specific when he said, everything that you've seen in the last like 45 minutes, we didn't plan it. It's the Holy Spirit. 
This is what fasting and prayer does for your life. It causes your spirit to become in line with other people that you thought didn't like you because their skin was lighter than yours. Oh, we're talking about race, Miss Nancy. We're not supposed to do that in the church. No, yes, indeed. Because there is money in different storehouses, even if you voted in different parties. But the Holy Spirit will change people's hearts to become a part of what you're doing in the kingdom. The point of why this is so interesting is that the, that the, that the children of Israel were winning the war as long as Moses stayed where he was. Pastor Joshua, my money is doing something funny. I'm not going to come for your life. I don't know what your guys' budget looks like. But what was the last thing that God told you to do when it came to your bread? My children are going left. My children are going right. I'm not a parent, but I am a son. So I know I'm going to speak from the point of being a child. But there was a difference in my life when I ran away from my dad wanting to play basketball with me, even if it was only to shoot five jump shots. Because I was refusing the covering that was there. In this next year, before we go and cry and ask for God, what is going on here? You should check where your feet are at. Yeah. God, I can't believe this house. The bill is too much. I ain't got the money. He told you not to buy it. But I could afford it. It doesn't make any sense. I have all this money, but I can't pay the mortgage. It's because you moved. Because on the flip side of that coin, there are people here at this organization that gave more this year than what they made last year, and they didn't make any more money. Oh, my God, AWC, you guys talk about money all the time. We do because God wants you to have some and not to feel embarrassed when you get it. Every single issue in the world cannot just be taken care of by prayer. You can't take prayer and fasting to the corporate world. Go to GQ, Kylan. Hey, we're going we gonna to pray and fast. They're going to look at you confused. But if you're consecrated in that space, God gives you strategy in your prayer closet that you can bring to the executive room that bring dividends up. And then you can make the decision, you know, what do we do with this profit? Instead of buying more linen, what if we gave to a community that's disparaged? What if we actually gave this money to gentrification? What if we actually use this money for the kingdom right? You are in the perfect place. Pastor Joshua, I, I work at Subway, so people need to eat sandwiches. This is the year that you move up. This is the year. I feel it, I feel it in my soul. This is, the, this is the year that single women get better, and it's not because you married a good man. It's because God pulled it out of you. I got to wait to get married. I got to wait to find a good man. No, you are a good man. For he that is greater in the world, guess what? He rests inside of you. AWC, this is the year that we stop being embarrassed for where we are. If your car is a putt-putt, if your car laughs at you as Pastor Martin says, ah, 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 we believe that this church was built for you. And you should not zoom in. You should never feel embarrassed to live your life where it's at and feel that somebody else is further ahead of you. Because where they are, is it because they're better? You don't know if they got dead bodies underneath the green grass. Look at your neighbor. Say, there's enough for all of us. The kingdom doesn't work in portions. The kingdom works in proportions. Let me explain to you really quick. I'm going away from my text, but really quick. Portions is when you take a piece of a pie. You take a pie and you cut it into pieces and you share it. Proportions in the kingdom means you don't get a slice of a pie. You have a pie with your name on it. So Miss Nancy and Mr. John, I stopped praying for God to give me what other people had. And I started asking, God, wait a minute. You said... If I lose it in heaven, 
it'll be loose on earth. If I, if I bind it in heaven. So God, the money that I need to start this nonprofit that's going to take care of beaten and battered women, give it to me. God is the kind of king that doesn't have to steal from another king to give to you. Look at your neighbor and say, he has more than enough. God doesn't have to steal from somebody to give to you. We know you have to take the map bus every single day. We get it. We know that you can't go to the grocery store and get ice cream because it's going to melt by the time you get home. But guess what? There are many different women, many different families, many different men in this church that were in your same situation and their situation changed. Not because they're good, not because they're faithful, not because they're pure, but because they're with God and they didn't move from where he put them. Look at your neighbor and say, don't move. If you feel uncomfortable at AWC, don't move. I'm telling you, this is the year this is the year, 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 this is the year. Listen, this is the year that if you move away from what AWC is doing in this year, you're going to miss out on some ground that you will never get back. This church is about to move in the direction that it did in the days of old. When the church was established, it had this, it had this thing in it that called the broken to the church, but it didn't make them feel bad for being broken. The people that were out here fornicating and sleeping around, they didn't make them feel bad when they brought the person that they're sleeping with. And maybe they're going to sleep with them after church, but they didn't make them feel some type of way because they believe that the same Jesus that saved them could save them. But in church, they get really quiet because nobody ever wants to talk about their sin. We always want to point the finger. But this year at AWC, we're not pointing any fingers. Look at your neighbor. Put your hand out. We're stretching hands out. And we're praying for folks this year. Every single moment that you feel you want to gossip, about somebody that doesn't have what you have. Look at her shoes. Look at her kids. Look at her car. She ain't got no money. Look at her house. Look at her carpet. And it's just like, don't forget, that could be your carpet. That could be your car. That could be your children. That could be your boss. So in the same way, see people the way that God made them, not how you experience them. Let me get back. 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 As long as Moses held up his hands, I feel the presence of God. As long as Moses kept his hands up, they won. But the minute Moses gets tired, the word of God tells us that he had some people that knew him enough to know when he was tired. Please come here, Mr. John. You need some people in your life in this season that know when your arms are getting tired. Where you don't have to, you don't have to put something on Instagram fishing for somebody to text you. Oh, y'all want to play fake. I'll talk to this side. You don't have to put something on Facebook, man. I can't believe that happened. Hey, girl, what happened? No, no, no. You need some people that are in a prayer closet at 5 a.m. and they call you. Hey, bro, I don't know what it is, but I couldn't get you out of my spirit this morning. Can we pray really quick? Hey, bro, I'm in a business meeting. I don't care. Put me on speaker because they need it too. He says that Moses lifted his hands. And as long as he lifted his hands, everybody lift your hands out here. The war was being won. But as his arms began to drop, drop him slowly, the war began to fall. There are some things in your life, people that are failing, and it's not because they're not good. The question is, maybe you're the person that was, that was meant to lead them. So when Moses lifted his hands back up, they started to win the war. You mean, put your hands down. You keep yours up. Come on, Moses. I want to make sure that you understand this. Moving forward, I made, some ish I made some mistakes last year in teaching. I taught from this concept that, oh, put them up. Well, raise them. 
I want to win this war. You feel me? I would have been. Last year, I taught a bunch of sermons, and it could have made you made people feel that I am David in the story. I am Samuel in the story. I am Daniel. I am Esther. But the Holy Spirit struck me with something. He said, no, no, no. I already used Moses. So Pastor Joshua, from this day forward, is not going to teach any more sermons saying that you're Moses. You're not Moses, but you can be like him. Because then it creates this distorted view of the Bible. So you mean to tell me if I get three smooth rocks and I bust my boss in the head, I'm going to get the crown? No, that's murder. That's murder. That's murder. Look at your neighbor says murder. As then people down in the south, they say, that's moida. But what is it about the story of David that you can take from and glean and, and apply to your life? They say that during the war, Miss Nancy, in the Bible, that Moses' arms started to get weak. And Aaron came. And lifted his arms. Right? But the word of God says one. You got you to help me out. Put that one arm down. Put, put it down. There it is. Then it says that her came. And he took the other arm. But then the word of God said something else. That they brought him a seat. Where he was able to sit. Restore his energy. And still be able to worship God. In this season. I believe that this is the spiritual manifestation of what God wants for AWC. Now, I know that there are people that are watching from other churches. I'm not responsible for y'all. But if you call yourself a part of AWC, we're responsible for you. And I truly believe that God wants us to fight our battles like this. So, Pastor Josh, what happens when those people's arms get tired? Oh, that's why we have community. Because now she's taking care of both of them while they take care of him. And, and now... These folks have taken responsibility in the war that he's fighting. In this year, it's not going to be enough just for you to be postured. You need at least two or three families that are going to slap your hand away from everything that you could buy, even though you could afford it. Hey, man, I'm ready to buy the house. Bro, but remember what God told you in January. Bro, it's only February 3rd. Moses had to submit to his friends to know, I need some help. This is not the year where you're going to be able to make it and be prideful. COVID is over. Look at your neighbor. Say it's over. We're still in a pandemic, but it's, 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 it's over. The COVID fog of how we used to work, it's over. Not doing stuff in ministry because we're afraid of who will and won't show up, we're done. Even if it's us and the staff and the serve team that's here, the doors will be open. Not doing stuff in ministry because we're trying to be like any other organization anywhere else. There's a kingdom assignment on this church that if we don't fulfill it, it's like Moses putting his hands down in the city losing the war. AWC, I want you to know that Omaha is where it's at because we're a church. And I'm not afraid to say it. There's nothing that you could do earthly on here, on earth, that's worse than what God's going to do to me in eternity. So bring your best shot. We are a church that literally looks at racism and applies community. Yeah, yeah. We're a church that actually looks like the city. And listen, AWC, 
We all have to do our part this year. What does that mean, Pastor Joshua? Serve. This is the last year was the last year that you could just come in, eat the meal, and not put in a job application. You want to get more from AWC? Go through Journey to Partnership. That's how you do it. Well, Pastor Joshua, I'm a member. We'll have to figure that out. But these classes are there for a reason because it teaches you what you're about to serve. It teaches you what you're about to give your life to. The Word of God says that as Moses sat there, they won. But a lot of us, you guys can walk away. Stay right there. Put your hands down, please. A lot of us, this is how we look by ourselves. No hope. And it's not working. But if you join this church... You don't just get three, four people. Show the people. Show the people. Show the people. You get a community. Last thing, and I'm going to get back into my word. Is that okay? The Holy Spirit shared something so tough with me. He says, why do you ask people to give and I can't? says, why do you ask people to serve? I've been telling them to serve since forever. So your preaching and teaching about it isn't going to change it. But Moses was told by God that he was going to change Pharaoh's heart. I pray that this is the year that some of you that might have been fighting AWC, I love the church, but I'm not ready to get my life together yet because that church is tough. It is. It's not going to change. So yeah. I don't want to go to AWC because my friends, they have different shade colors. My thing X, Y, and Z, and they vote. Whatever that is, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to change your heart. Because there's stuff around this. There's work to be done here. And your gifts are necessary here. Amen? Thank you, Mr. John. I'm going to close this thing out. Is that okay? Anybody ready for lunch? Anybody want to go another 21? No? Okay, all right. See you. <laughs> Numbers 20 and 6. It says, Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there. Verse nine, so Moses did what? Did as he was told. Not more, not less. He did exactly what God told him. Somebody lift your hand and say, God, I'm gonna do exactly what you told me. No more, no less. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people. Verse 11, it says, Moses raised his hand and he struck the rock. How many times? Two times with the staff. Water gushed out so the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. And this is what I'd like to share with you about staying postured. It says, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel. You will what? Not lead them into the land I am giving them. This place was known as the waters of Meribah, which means arguing, because there the people of Israel argued with God, and there he demonstrated his holiness amongst them. I had four questions when I was reading this. Were the people so compelling to Moses that he was willing to disobey God? The word of God says that Moses was able to see God face to face. 
Now, that doesn't mean face-to-face, -face, literally, because you can't see God's glory because you would die. The Word of God says that in the tent, what happens? He walks past him, and he shows him his back, right? So when we say face-to-face, -face, when you look at that word in the Greek, it actually means abech, and that means that they spoke word-to-word. -word. Moses was able to speak to God without any filter. The Holy Spirit hadn't been given yet, so Moses was able to talk to God. We talk to God through the Holy Spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? But evidently, the people wanting water was more compelling than him obeying God. Second question that I had was, why did Moses struck the rock twice? He struck the rock once before water came. Why twice this time? Third question I had was, even though he struck the rock and disobeyed God, why did the rock bring forth water? He disobeyed God. He deliberately didn't do what he told him to do. But look at your neighbor. Say, it still worked. Question number four was, why was God's punishment so severe? Because we're coming from Psalms 23, and right? David, if you're looking pound for pound, David was a worse brother than Moses. I mean, Moses killed a man. He struck a rock twice. That's it. David slept with Buddy's wife. Sent Buddy to her house to fake. Didn't work out. Sent Buddy to a war he couldn't win. But he died. That's four. Four is greater than two. Somebody say amen. Okay. After that, David was a terrible father. After that, like, you have all these, oh my God. Why is it that Moses... You didn't, he didn't, he moved from his posture, but you moved him from the entire plan. You didn't redeem him. You didn't give him another stick. You didn't say, hey, you know what? They're going to go for it. I got something else. You, God didn't even take Moses and ascend him. Immediately, Moses is looking at a land, hits the rock, and God says, oh, yeah, by the way, where I said you were going to go, you can't go no more. Then it worked. If I disobeyed God, and I was wrong. Why did it work? And the Holy Spirit shared something with me. That posture begins with trust. Moses, and I don't know. I've heard this sermon a million different times. and I don't, This is just what I'm thinking. I'm just going to share with you what I'm thinking. I don't want you to take this and be what the pastor said. No, 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 no. Because there's many different sermons. Some people say that Moses was frustrated with God. A lot of people say that Moses was angry. A lot of people say that since Miriam died, Mirabah actually means the well of Miriam. So since Miriam died, that means that there was no water. I mean, there's a whole bunch of theology. But can I tell you what I think this means in context to our word for the year? It almost feels like Moses was frustrated with the place that he was in. Before, he put his stick up and the Red Sea parted. Before he threw his stick down and it turned into a snake. But this time, before he hit the rock and the water came out, but this time, God wanted him to stay where he was and just speak to the rock. This is what I think. Is it okay if I say, this is what I think. I think that Moses was more frustrated that this time, my hand won't be touching anything. Nobody's gonna praise me about speaking to speaking to a rock is not as cool as striking a rock last year you struck the rock a million times you were grinding working hard we're gonna get it we're gonna we're gonna grind and i think that this year god wants you to stand in front of people and just let him be god 
So Pastor Joshua, what do I do with my staff? Don't hit the rock. You should give what God gave you back to him. What if Moses would have taken the staff and given it back to God? The worst thing that we could do, AWC, is think that the rest of the year is going to be amazing because we stayed. It's not how God works. You're staying because his plan is going to move on without you or not. It's just best for you and for me to just stay in the grace of God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, this is after all of them have passed, all the people of Israel. I don't want you to forget about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by the cloud. All of them walked through the sea. All of them were baptized as followers. All of them ate. Then it says all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank them the spiritual rock. They drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. So this is the question that I had. Like, what is so significant about this rock? Paul tells us that the rock was Christ. The word of God says, when Moses, when he struck the rock, it was the equivalent of sacrificing Christ again. This is the Bible. This is not, I want you, this is not my opinion. This is the word of God. Paul says, that if you move from where God placed you, it's the equivalent of ripping out his beard. It's the equivalent of hitting with the cat of nine tails. It's the equivalent of dislocating his arm because the wood isn't long enough. You got to dislocate it so it can reach to get into that hole. It's the equivalent of placing the, 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 the thorns on his head. When you don't do what God has assigned you to do, it's the equivalent of crucifying Christ. When you stay with your family, that glorifies God. Pastor Joshua, you don't know about it. You've only been married for a year and a half. I know. I know I have. But when you, older men, stay in your relationships, it gives young guys like me hope that it doesn't have to be perfect in the house for me to worship God. When, you, when, when a young guy like me that's only been married for a year and a half sees men apologize to their wives, in front of other people? When I, when, when I see the women, actually, I, don't, I know that everybody doesn't believe in gender roles, but the family, like, she does what he doesn't, and he, like, it does something for us. AWC, I want to make sure that you understand that the church is the lens that people should be looking at when it comes to how to live their life. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were, scar were scattered in the wilderness. The entirety of our lives is summed up by the moments where we can, but we allow God to. There are gonna be a lot of moments in this year where you can. I can, I could, but the crop, but, the, but my question is, will you allow God to do what you can? This will be your best year ever. If it's the year that you make the decision not to move from where God has perfectly placed you. Last scripture, then we're gonna get out of here. And we're going to worship out of here, all right? So get your heart ready. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. This is the Bible. This is not a PJism, PGV, PJV, Pastor Josh version. No, 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 no. This is New Living. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. 
Let us go on instead and become mature. Somebody say mature. mature. Say mature. mature. Say mature. mature. In our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will, somebody scream this, move forward to further understanding. If you stay consecrated, you won't have to wait until next January to get your life together. That's the problem. We fall off because we get what we ask for and then we don't know how to maintain it and then it's on top of us and then we have to fast. And now it's this perpetual cycle. And for some of us, the reason why you didn't get a new word this year is because of the word that he gave you in 98. Stay right there. Verse 4 says, For it is impossible to bring back to repentance. Please listen to this AWC. It is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened. Those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus who have tasted the goodness of the Lord and the power of the age to come and who then turn away from God, it is impossible. What did I say? It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. Twice in our Bible, the word of God explained those four questions. And I want to answer them for you, and, and you can begin to play because we're going to get out of here. Were the people so compelling to make Moses disobey God? Yes. They were. Moses was listening to the voice of the people more than he was listening to what God told him. Don't do that. Number two, why did Moses strike the rock? Because he believed in his own ability and not, he didn't trust God. He didn't trust that God telling him to speak to the rock was enough. Point number three, why did the rock bring forth water? Because sometimes it'll work after you disobey, but now you're maintained. You have to maintain the water in the rock. So number four, why was God's punishment so severe? And this is it. I think that God has a different standard for us, AWC. I think that God desires for us to be a different church. I think God desires for our church to actually look like the city. And it does. I think he desires to see what you saw earlier today. And I give you guys another round of applause because you guys are amazing. I believe that God desires for our church to hold up this standard of service. And for us to scrub away this thought like the church just wants my money. The church just wants my time and my energy. No, 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 no. The church needs your time and your energy. We, we need your skills. Do you know how many children need more teachers than AWC kids? You know how many more teachers and... Uh, facilitators we need in our middle school students and high school and young adults and small groups and on the worship team like our worship team needs to look like the city too but the question is is that will you stay where you are this year AWC for all of you that are watching and online and you can start the click track because it's going to be happy I was talking to our pastors and we believe that this is the year that we ask you stay Pastor Josh you don't know what these conversations be like with other people at your church trust me we're the pastors we get it but stay, serve, really quick. How many of you, you'd like to make by a declaration of standing up? You know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this thing out. I want you to stand to your feet. Yeah, I see you, it's okay. Welcome to AWC. Welcome to AWC. Welcome to AWC. Welcome to AWC. 
Y'all see that these are all new people? Let's give them a round of applause. Welcome to AWC. Welcome. 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 Well, Pastor Joshua, oh my God. My sexual orientation is different. That's okay, God still loves you. Oh, y'all don't want to hear that. Oh, God is still strong with Josh. Pastor Josh, like, I have an addiction to such and such. That's all right. The same God can walk you through that. Well, Pastor Joshua, I'm an atheist. I'm a Buddhist. That's okay. That's all right. Our God is a gentleman, and he wants to introduce himself to you for the first time. Everybody stand to your feet. Now, this is what's going to happen. We're going to pray these two prayers. We're going to get out of here, and I pray that you will be blessed. Go eat something good. But then remember, look at your neighbor and say, stay postured. For all of you that are interested in giving your heart to Christ for the first time, can you please lift your hands up really quick? One time, go. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. I see you. Let's pray this prayer. AWC, let's pray with them. Father God, we thank you for every person that's in the room. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would literally live in them, that you would show yourself mighty and strong. Repeat after me, Father God. Today, I have made the decision to stay postured. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to crawl. But I'm going to stand where you have placed me because it is perfect. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Yeah. Here we go. Let's get out of here. Here's a blessing. Is anybody happy they came to church this morning? Man, I love you guys so much. Here we go. They're going to begin singing. I'm going to release you. Can we worship God as we get out of here? Here we go. Let's start it. Father God, we thank you so much for what you've done for us. God, we thank you for this sermon series called Postured. God, we're not going to move anywhere. And God, as we worship out, we believe that, we're going to, that you're going to enter in. In Jesus' name, every single person that's not going to move said what?